What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Welcome to a special edition of At The Turn, U.S. Open Preview. Yeah, we're excited. Are you? Nick, how's it going, buddy? Aloha. It's going great. I'm uh, pumped up for the U.S. Open, Joe. Yeah, we have a really, really knowledgeable interview guest today. Gary D'Amato of the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal. He's covered golf in Wisconsin for 25 years. He's written a book. He's written a long web series about Aaron Hills. He knows all about it. We're going to come back after the interview, do our U.S. Open picks, but enjoy this talk with Gary D'Amato. This year's U.S. Open is being played at Aaron Hills Golf Course in Wisconsin. Joining us to preview the second major of the year is Gary D'Amato. He's covered golf for the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal for 25 years and has written an incredible story about how Aaron Hills came to be. Gary, thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So you spent years researching the piece that you wrote for the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, and it's an incredible story. I do encourage all of our listeners to go check it out. We'll post a link online. I'm going to ask you to try to do something very difficult, and that's to give us a Cliff Notes version of this. Sure. Uh, hopefully I can, I can boil it down to a minute here. 
you know, uh, the land is um, part of the Kettle Moraine in Wisconsin, which is sort of a unique geologic feature formed by glaciers 20,000 years ago. And uh, several people uh, throughout the 90s tried to get their hands on this land, and everyone who saw it thought it would be a wonderful site for a golf course. Well, it wound up a guy named Bob Lang bought the land, and he had a dream to bring the U.S. Open to Wisconsin to build a golf course that would, a public golf course, that would bring the U.S. Open to Wisconsin. Everyone, uh, the few people he told about that dream kind of laughed at him because Bob wasn't a golfer, didn't know much about golf, and you just don't set out to build a U.S. Open golf course and, and pull it off. But he did. Uh, but his problem was um, he ran out of money. He uh, overextended himself, borrowing money um, in a frenzied sort of way to, to get the course up, to, to continue buying land around the golf course so that it would have room for all the U.S. Open infrastructure. And he kept borrowing and spending and borrowing and spending. And finally, in 2009, had to sell the golf course to uh, a man named Andy Ziegler. Who, um, who is a billionaire and has poured tons of money into the golf course. And uh, the stage is set uh, for sort of an unbelievable story about a, a course in the remote sort of location, 35 miles northwest of Milwaukee, sort of out in the country in farm fields, getting ready to host um, Wisconsin's first ever U.S. Open next week. It's quite a story. Yeah, as you mentioned, it is the first U.S. Open to be held in Wisconsin. The first U.S. Open to be held in the Pacific Northwest, where I am in Portland. Well, it was up north of us in the Seattle area. But that was just two years ago in Chambers Bay. For folks that don't remember, that was the one where a lot of the players complained about the condition of the course. They were very vocal about it. The thing both courses have in common is that they were awarded the U.S. Open just a few years after they opened to the public. So, Gary, do you think Aaron Hills has more potential to be criticized by the players or praise like a Beth Page Black in New York, which was a huge success after hosting the Open 15 years ago, and there's more major events planned in the future. They're even going to host a Ryder Cup. So do you think it's more of a, a Chambers Bay or more of a Beth Page Black situation? I think it has a chance to be more of a Beth Page Black situation for a couple reasons. Um, one, I think the USGA probably learned some lessons at Chamber Hills that they've applied, uh, they could, could apply to new courses going forward. Aaron Hills being um, that new course this year. And the other thing is the course is a public course, but the owner um, has very deep pockets. And he, he closed the, the course uh, early last year, in very early October, about two weeks before normal time, so it could be prepped for the winter. And he hasn't opened the course this year yet. So it won't open to the public until after the USGA pulls up stakes toward the end of June. And so the golf, the pros, the best players in the world are going to find a course in a perfect, pristine condition, not a divot in the fairway, not a ball mark on the green. So um, those, the combination of those two things, I think, uh, give it a chance to be a, a really big success. I understand you're very familiar with Aaron Hills. Um, can you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what they can expect when the U.S. Open uh, is on their TVs next week? Sure. It's, uh, you know, it, in some ways it looks a little bit like Chambers Bay, Minus the water, of course, because it's an inland course. If, if uh, your listeners are familiar with Shinnecock Hills um, on Long Island, that's the course that Aaron Hills gets com- compared with most most often. It's um, it's an inland links sort of course with a lot of rolling topography, um, fairways framed by tall, wispy fescue sort of blowing in the breeze, and uh, it's a massive course at seven almost seventy seventy eight hundred yards, par seventy two which is unusual. The last U.S. Open with a par 72 course was, uh, I believe, Pebble Beach in 19, uh, oh boy, 
more than 25 years ago, put it that way. So it's been a long time. Um, and the course's big defense is, is the wind. If it's, it's normally pretty windy, it's a pretty treeless golf course. There's only five specimen oaks on the interior of the course. Sort of another thing it has in common with chambers. And um, the wind is the big defense. It usually blows up there, and uh, if it blows hard, I think, you know, even par is going to be a very good score. And what type of player do you expect to do well? Does the, does the course favor um, players with a certain skill set in specific areas? I think, you know, every, you know, every golf course favors the bomber who can hit it straight, and I think that's magnified at Aaron Hills because there are four par fives, because it is a long golf course, and because of fairways, are going to be about um, 30 to 50% wider than typical U.S. Open fairways. So there's a little more room to hit it. And so I expect, you know, the guys who bomb it and can keep it reasonably straight are going to have a huge advantage. Guys like Dustin Johnson, guys like Jason Day and Rory McIlroy, if, if he's healthy. Um, those, that type of player, John Rahm, they're going to have a big advantage there. And what do you think about the course or after players – have played a round or two on it, or maybe after the tournament, what do you think about Aaron Hills will be most talked about by the players? Um, you know, the, the fact that it's a new course, but it's, um, but, it, but it's really, it feels like it's been around a long time. I mean, you get the feeling when you're standing on it and playing it, that it's, it's not a new course because it is in such good shape. It's in such great condition. And uh, the, just the vastness of it, I think this course is going to be is going to test a, a golfer's stamina too, because it's a tough walk, especially if it gets hot. Um, you know, there's really no shade out there, and it's it's a it's about a seven to eight mile walk, depending how straight you hit it, and, and with a lot of up and down, a lot of climbs to tees. So I think the players are are going to walk away thinking, a the course was in really good shape, and hopefully the USJ will will not make any mistakes, uh, you know, in the course setup. And, and B, they'll say um, it tested every part of their games, physical, mental, shot-making, all the skills involved. Gary, when this tournament is over, what will be the metric used to determine if this U.S. Open at Aaron Hills was a success or not? Um, I think it'll be, you know, there'll be several facets to that. Uh, I think the, um, the size of the galleries i've heard that uh, anecdotally that ticket sales are a little off what they've been in recent years so hopefully um you know wisconsin has had three pga championships in the last 12 years or so um so i think people around here are there's been a little saturation of championship golf but hopefully the cars will come up the tickets will sell and um it'll be a success uh, visually aesthetically and and you know hopefully there will be uh, some good scores but not crazy low or crazy high that'll be you know somewhere in that the usga says they don't really care about par i don't i don't know if i fully buy into that so i think the winning score is going to be you know uh three to ten under par um so i think there's a lot of things that that are going to be taken away from this one ten under par i have to assume you envision that happening if the wind is very calm yes if you know we could uh, you know this part of this part of the country in uh, mid-June can get any kind of weather and my biggest concern and I guess it would be the USJs too is that we don't get sort of one of those stationary fronts that stalls and it drizzles or rains for a few days and softens the course and then it's it's very still for a couple days because if that happens if that combination of weather happens I, I really see guys taking it deep at Aaron Hills at least on, on those days because 
we all know that length doesn't matter to these guys. It's length with wind that, that bothers them. So if there's no wind, I see guys shooting, I see multiple 65s and maybe even 64s and 3s on this golf course. Last thing we have to mention, Gary, and we're not trying to embarrass you here, a sincere congratulations. <laughs> you have been elected to the Wisconsin Golf Hall of Fame and will be inducted in the fall. I have to Thank imagine you. an accomplishment like that causes someone to reflect a little bit on their career. So for you, if you can boil it down to one or two, what have been the highlights? Well, you know, I was fortunate to come along and start covering golf in the early 90s when a bunch of Wisconsin players made it onto tour. Steve Stricker, uh, Skip Kendall, Jerry Kelly, J.P. Hayes, and a little later, Mark Wilson. So the highlight really for me has been, you know, for 25 years chronicling these state players and, and their success in the PGA Tour. And they're all really good people, first-class people. You know, Stricker's won 12 times. Mark Wilson's won five times. Jerry Kelly, three times. So it's been fun being able to – I came along at the right time because not only did we have these really good players on the PGA Tour, but we've had all this explosion of good golf and major championships coming to our state. So I, I've been very, very lucky. Thanks, Gary. The first Hall of Famer on At The Turn, so we really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Joe, the U.S. Open is coming up. It's time to give the fans our picks. Who's going to win? I'm going to get a pick from you and a dark horse. So are you ready for this? Yeah, I didn't tell you this until right now. I have two dark horses, so I'm sorry about that. (laughs) I know. So I'm going to go with... My long, long shot first. So this is the longest shot. He is at 120. Phil? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I'm not going to pick Phil. I'm actually going to pick people in the field this time. It oh, was, that's it, good. It'll, it, good it strategy. Def- it definitely helps. So my long, long shot is the 2012 U.S. Open champion, Webb Simpson. He is at 125 to 1. He's had a very hit or miss season. Four top 16 finishes, including a runner-up. But he's missed three of his last eight cuts. He's made $1.6 million this season. So he's had a very feast or famine type season. I think he uh, may regain a little bit of form at Aaron Hills and at least post a nice top 20 finish. My long shot, and I know he is a well-known player, but the odds that I saw on him today were 50 to 1. I consider that to be a bit of a long shot, is Cooch. (laughs) Matt Coocher, top 10 in five of his last seven tournaments, including a T4 at the Masters, he hits the ball very straight. I know Gary said that it's a bit of a bomber's paradise, but it's still a U.S. Open. You still have to hit fairways, and Matt Kuchar does that. I feel like Kuch is going to win a major at some point in his career. He's pushing 40 now. He's one of players. He's played very well, very consistent throughout his entire career. Doesn't win a ton. I feel like this could be the week. That he gets it done. Why don't you I get... like the cooch pick. Yeah. He's uh he's always he's always in the mix, it he's seems just like. There. You know, he he knows how to make par, and that's what you need to do at the US Open. So yeah, that's actually a good pick. So I'm gonna go with my long shot. I only have one long shot, Joe, because I played by the <laughs> rules this week. And uh despite his strong performance and headlines he grabbed at the Masters, he still is a long shot. I think I might have seen him at like 150 to one. Oh my. None other than Mil Will McGirt. Uh, the dude hits 71% of his fairways, and that's another thing you got to do in the U.S. Open if you want to reign victorious. So I like his chances. And he won the Memorial last year. He's had a very good year. 
Uh, he's not going to win the U.S. Open, so I'm sorry about that. Now, well, another thing I like about him is a lot of times when you see a guy come close and they so close they can taste it and then squander it away, then later on they break through with a major. So I'm kind of riding that pony with Will here. I, he was close at the Masters. I think the pressure might have got to him, but now he might have the mindset that he should win rather than he could win. So, um, yeah, I like it. As a long shot. As a long shot, that's fine. I hope okay. I hope Will does good for you. <laughs> my we'll so I have my my pick as the winner. I was originally you have two? well I I don't have two. I have one I'm going to pick, but I have a story for the other. So I was going to pick Jordan Spieth. He's been in very good form lately. He's had a lot of low rounds in recent events. He's had a very. I was surprised how good of a year he's having because the narrative around him is that he's in some sort of slump because he's not number one in the world, but. He's won a tournament this year. He's fifth in the FedEx Cup. He's had a bunch of top tens, so he's had a pretty darn good year. The reason I'm not going to pick him, though, is because he's 130th in driving accuracy this season, and that's really what has, what, what has failed him. He hasn't been able to hit fairways. And, Nick, as you know, you must hit fairways to win the U.S. Open. So yes. I'm not going to pick Jordan Spieth. Who I am going okay. to pick is someone who also has had a lot of good finishes in majors. We think of him as still a bit of a young gun, but he's actually 28 years old. Bit of a that's young, Joe. Bit of bit of a bit of a seasoned veteran. Not not compared to Spieth and, and Justin Thomas and those boys. They're like 22, 23. Ricky is uh, more of a contemporary of uh, Rory and DJ. But I just gave it away. It's Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler is my pick to win the U.S. Open. He's had five top five finishes in majors. He is currently top. 30 on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy and greens in regulation. And it just feels like it's Ricky's time to win a major. This is his 27th or 28th event, major rather, that he's played in. So he's played in quite a bit. He's got a lot of experience. He always plays well in big events. Not as many wins as you'd expect, just four, but he does have two European Tour wins, which I think bodes well for Aaron Hills, considering Gary told us that there's a lot of wind. So Ricky really controls his golf ball well. He's hitting it straight. He, he hits it a long way for a little guy. So Ricky Fowler at 25-1 to 1 is my pick to win the United States Open Championship. You know I love that pick, Joe. Uh, I told you on an episode previously at the turn that Ricky might win a major this year. So I think I feel like you're just kind of stealing my material a little bit. Are you picking him? Uh, no, I'm not picking him. Uh, <laughs> I'm picking Justin Thomas, a dude who shot 59 on the tour this year. Uh, he's top 10 in driving distance. He's won three times already this year. I know Dustin Johnson's getting all the attention, but Justin Thomas is killing it. So uh, I, I like his chances to go low. He seems like he's got the game to fit Aaron Hills. I don't have all those stats and figures that you had on Ricky, but I'm picking Justin. I like Justin Thomas, too. He's a very good player. The reason why I like him more in an event like the Masters and maybe like a British Open as opposed to a U.S. Open, he's a little fiery out there, a little, little, little hot-headed. And uh, we gotta we gotta keep cool to win U.S. Opens, Nick. Old man par is important. We gotta pitch out. We gotta hit it on the green. We gotta make twenty footers. And I think um, Justin Thomas is is not that guy. Oh, fair enough. Do you think? I mean, this guy's having such a good season. He, obviously, he's so young. Do you see him with a, a major or two before it's all said and done in his career? Not this year. Probably so. For some reason, I don't 
think of Justin Thomas as one of the best players in the world. Is that weird? He just it, he just he just doesn't occur to me as the like I don't think of him in the same breath as Spieth and Johnson and Rory. I just even though he's won three times this year, I just don't. Yeah, no, you got to change. Him. You got to change that that thought process. He's definitely one of the best players in the world. Well, he's certainly one of the best players in the world. I just don't think of him as like a top ten, and I think he literally is a top ten player in the world. I just don't think of him as one, and I could be wrong. He's a great player. I just don't think of him in the same class as Spieth and Johnson. Fair enough. And just uh, for the record, he's number thirteen in the world. So ah, yeah. Okay. Well. Anything else you want to add on the uh, the U.S. Open? Anything you're excited about or, or any, any, any nuggets you want to give our listeners before they plop down and uh, watch two days at work, <laughs> pretending they work while watching the U.S. Open, and then they sit on their couch and watch the U.S. Open? <laughs> I'm always interested to see what Fox brings to the broadcast. Um, I don't have this in front of me. Is Joe Buck doing it again? Mr. Buck. Uh, I, I love him. So, uh, yeah, they, oh, always, for they always bring something new to uh, – to the broadcast, so I'm interested for that. But other than that, uh, yeah, just kill a couple days on the couch and watch some uh, great golf. I like Joe Buck, too. Um, I don't like him that much in golf. I liked NBC. NBC had the U.S. Open for a long, long time. And I just loved they have the the cool U.S. Open theme song, and they have those you know those those fun montages, and Johnny Miller is, is crusty and crunchy. I always loved watching Johnny Miller at the U.S. Open when someone got it to like six, seven under par, and they were threatening his career accomplishment, the miracle at Oakmont. <laughs> Whenever someone like flirts with 62, I always get so excited to hear Johnny Miller talk about it because you can tell he's actively not rooting for the person to break his record. So back in the 70s, Johnny Miller won the U.S. Open by shooting 63 in the final round of a major. And that's like the thing people know Johnny Miller for as a golfer. Obviously, they know him as a commentator, kind of being a blowhard. But that's the thing people know him for. So it was always exciting to hear people, or to see Johnny Miller, rather, talk about people shooting good rounds in the U.S. Open and you know he's not excited when they do it. <laughs> That's worth getting excited for. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't top that. <laughs> okay. US Anytime Open. Johnny Miller's upset, I'm happy. And we did, we did talk about uh, Gary's piece that was posted online on the Milwaukee uh, Sentinel Journal. We will post a link to that on our social media so you can take a look at it if you want to get the full story. It is a long read, but it is a very good read, so it'll go quickly. Nick, good luck to you. Good luck to Justin Thomas and Mr. McGirt. Uh, I hope you enjoy your U.S. Open experience. All right. Thanks, Joe. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.